Welcome to the Outside and Active podcast, where we share conversations with you to help inspire you to make the most of the great outdoors. Our next episode was recorded at the National Running Show, where we got to chat with the inspiring Derek Redmond, an athlete with medals in both the World Championships and European Championships. Not just a runner, but with many more sports under his belt, Derek believes we all inspire people unknowingly, and we're excited to share his experience with you. Before we dive into our chat with Derek, we want to share a little message from our season partners, Sports Tours International and Club La Santa. Sports Tours International provide the opportunity to participate in the world's biggest marathons, take on the most challenging sportives, and watch some of the toughest bike races on the planet. As international travel partner of the six world marathon majors, including TCS New York Marathon, Tokyo Marathon, Austin Marathon, BMW Berlin Marathon, TCS London Marathon, and Bank of America Chicago Marathon, as well as the VIP tour operator of the three Grand Tours and five Monuments of Cycling, they get people of all ages and from all walks of life to the starting line or in prime spectator view. Find the next event to inspire your running at sportstoursinternational.co.uk. It's not just mass participation you could choose either. They also have an exclusive partnership with the world's number one training resort, Club La Santa in Lanzarote, to accommodate anybody looking for training or active holiday at this incredible sports leisure resort. Try your hand at over 500 different activities and enjoy recovery in the sunshine and an array of wellness facilities for all ages, abilities, whether solo, groups, couples, and families. To find out more, head over to clublasanta.co.uk. Derek, thank you very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the Outside and Active podcast. Before we go into your incredible career and your love for being being active and, and getting involved with sport, let's go right back to the beginning. Yeah. How did you get involved in, 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 in sport and athletics? That's a good question. Um, started off at school, to be honest with you. Um, I joined my first athletics club when I was seven. Um, I, I, I was always running and jumping around at home and, and any opportunity back then at primary school, I, you know, I would, um, I was fortunate to grow up in an era where we did a lot of sport at school and, and, and competition was a thing. Cause I know we went through a stage where you weren't supposed to compete yeah. in school. Um, and yeah, I literally just asked my mum and dad if I could join an athletics club and they took me along to Milton Keynes athletics club when I was seven. And I guess that's where it all started. And was it always, you go straight into short distance or did you kind of explore a few different things? No, I tried a bit of everything because when you're at school, you do all, you know, you, you get the opportunity to try all sorts. And I, you know, I did a bit of everything, but it soon became apparent that I wasn't very good at javelin, hammer, shot put, long jump, triple <laughs> jump, everything. long distance. So <laughs> hurdling, so sprinting was the one that worked. Yeah. And I was a 100 and 200 meter runner for the first sort of seven years of my life. And I only moved to 400, literally by accident, um, I was about 14, 15 years of age. I'd won that, run the 100 and 200, finished third in both. The guy who was supposed to run the 400 didn't show up. They needed somebody to do, wow. to do the 400 because, you know, for the points for the team, did it, won it, broke the county age record, um, uh, at the time, you know, during that race. And for me, it was the fact that I won a race. I was like, oh God, I've won. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'll run another one and mm. I run another one. And then by the end of that season, I said, forget the 100s and 200s. I'm sticking to Focusing. 400. Yeah. So how do you go from realising that kind of, oh, actually, I'm quite good at this, to then breaking a record? Do you know what? You don't. Um, what happened with me is, so by the time I was 15 now, I was running 400s. And then 16, I'd finished second in the English schools. And 17, I picked up my first international. And it just kind of happened. There was never that defining, 
I wake up this morning and, oh, I'm a world-class. It builds. It just builds mm. and you get better and better and better and the competition gets better and you get better. And before you know what, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm best in the country. You yeah. Know? And, oh, right. and then you start to look at it in a different way. So it kind of crept up on me. It, it, it wasn't a, you know, a, it, there wasn't a date or a time of a moment. Um, I mean, I have a few milestones when I thought, wow, I could be good at this, yeah. you know. Uh, and I, for me... Uh, on a world level, the first one was on the 27th of July, 1985 at 11.45 PM. Not that I remember it. Well. <laughs> and I was running in my first, um, they're now called diamond leagues. Back then they were called golden league races. Yeah. And I went from being ranked seven in Great Britain. And in one race, I went from being ranked seven in Great Britain to being ranked fifth in the world. That's and, incredible. It, and that's when I thought, we got something here. Is that correct me if I'm wrong? Is that the time where you broke the, the British 400 meter record? For the first time, yeah, yeah. around 44.82. Um, there was only me and another guy called David Jenkins who had ever run under 45 seconds. Well, at the time, he was the only person, mm-hmm. and then I, I was the second person too. And um, yeah, that was when I thought, all right, we got something here. So, um, so yeah, you know, but you have those milestone moments um, uh, that you know that happen two or three times in your in your in your career. But building up to that, I just did it because I loved it. Is there a difference between winning a race and, and, and winning it or, and winning a race and getting a gold medal or breaking a record? Like, what is that? Is it just that next step up where you think, oh, it's just incredible? Uh, the records is a byproduct of winning a race and running a race and running it well. Um, you know, first and foremost, whenever you race, you, you go out to win, you know, you're going out to win because you're competing against other people. Otherwise they do it in a form of a time trial and you'd all be running on your own. Secondly, if it's in a major championships, you're running for medals, you know, gold, silver, bronze. The times are, are irrelevant at that level. In an Olympic, this is going to sound really weird. Mm. And Olympic games, it's not about times. It's about positions. It's about finishing first, second or third. So I always want to finish first. If I can finish first in a slow time, happy days, you know, but if you, to finish first, you've got to run an exceptionally quick time and you're capable of doing that, then so be it. So the records really, uh, I would say are secondary, you know, the, you know, major competitions, it's about winning because no one really think, no, it's the right way. No one's really worried about the time Mm what people are looking for is the competition and crossing that line first or jumping the furthest or throwing the furthest. And it doesn't matter what that distance is as long as it's better than anybody else's. Yeah. I think we saw, I think it was the Tokyo Olympics with the hundred meter final. I think it was, it was kind of on average, it was a slower time, but yeah. to be honest, it, it, you still get that gold medal. That's exactly you, the same. Absolutely. Yeah. You get the gold medal, you know, and I, I, I think of, uh, and you know, you've got to take into consideration conditions and goodness knows what and all that sort of stuff. But I, I remember somebody pointing out that, <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Greg Rutherford um, when he won gold in London. Mm. You know, four and eight years later, his performance wouldn't have put him in the medals. Now, that doesn't mean Greg isn't a bad jumper because he jumped, he beat everybody in the world on the day. And that's what it's about, finishing first, you know, in in that right competition because there's a lot more to it, the mental approach and everything and getting it right and performing on the day where other people might, you know, buckle mm. and lose it and get the equivalent of stage right or whatever. Um, so when I heard that, I remember responding and saying, well, it doesn't really matter because Greg finished first yeah. in 2012 and whoever finished first in, in you know, in 2016 or, or 2020, you can't mm. differentiate the two. They are both Olympic champions at, you know, the long jump. 
doesn't matter on times. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to hear because I think a lot of people this would be relevant for when you're on that starting line and you've been building up for a long time. And this would be relevant if you're running a 100 mile race in a 5K, you know, or Olympic final. Yeah. Are you just going through your head? This is what I need to do. This is I'm focusing on myself. Are you looking left and right? Are you looking at the people around you? No, you've got to, and pardon the pun, run your own race. Yeah. Um, You know, you do need to know, you know, have a bit of a game plan, whereas you say, whether it's a 100-meter race, whether it's a 100-mile race. You know what you're capable of doing, you know what your training is, and you get into that race, and you have to be disciplined enough to start that race the way that, that you want. Now, what might happen is because you've got people around you, because you've got other athletes, and it's a bit of a competition, what that might do is help you find that little extra. And all of a sudden, I mean, I did a little bit of cycling. I've done a couple of these, you know, um, Ride London, and goodness yeah. knows what. And when you're riding with a group of people, it brings you along and you start riding a little bit, uh, you know, a, mm. a, a little bit quicker than your, your average pace. Yeah. So that's going to happen. If that happens, go with it, but don't think, you know, um, I'm going to go for, I don't know, I'm going to run a marathon and my pace is going to be eight minute miles. And because a guy next to you goes, shoots off, you think, Oh, I'm going to go with this guy. Cause he's got new trainers on. And I like those. I'm going to go with him just because, because you've, you've straight away, you've messed up your plan and your race stick with your plan. And if you can pick it up and you're feeling good, great, but you've got to go into it knowing that I'm looking to run, I don't know, a sub four hour. Don't try and run two, two and a half hours, you know, work that. And if you can push it, great. If you're feeling good, push it, push it, push it. But you know, the last thing you want to do is undo all the good work that Mm. you've, 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 you've you've been doing. That's great advice. Now, Barcelona 1992, of course, I'm sure you've spoken about it so many times. It's, I was going to say it's one of the most iconic sporting moments, but it's one of the most iconic human moments between you and your father. But I'd actually like, I think it would be good for people to know the days and hours after that, the rebuilding process, obviously physically, but also mentally. I know you've been played with injury before, but how do you approach that? You know, any, anyone can get injured, but what are the building blocks to go back? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I think the biggest building block I had was stubbornness. Um, so after Barcelona, um, I had an operation on my hamstring because I tore it away from the bone, um, and made a bad injury worse by getting up and continue to run on it. Um, so I had the operation, got back into training after rehab, all that sort of stuff, got it back into training. It went again. So I had to go back into hospital, have another operation, went through the same process. It went again back into, and I had seven operations in an 18 month period. Uh, And the surgeon told me that it was all over, you know, your hamstrings done. You're never going to compete for your country again. Stop putting yourself through this and just go and get a regular job and live a regular life, Mm. which was never going to be me. Um, And I won't bore you with how I got to it, but three years later I ended up being a professional basketball player and getting one international uh, for England. And I actually sent him a photograph of me playing basketball for England. (laughs) And I I, am put on it, you know, um, thank you for your confidence. (laughs) It was a bit of yeah, (laughs) two fingers on two separate hands, by the way. (laughs) I'll let you lot work that out. Um, And it was that, that kind of attitude that I had because, you know, I wasn't having him telling me that I'm not good enough to compete for my country. Um, And, you know, that was, that's just me in the way that I am. And I, one of the questions I was asked earlier on, you know, how do you keep, keep on going after problem, after problem, after yeah. problem. And, 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 and for me, I have this attitude and this mantra that to me, success is getting up one more time than you've been knocked down. Mm. Simple as that. Um, and if you get knocked down once, get up twice. Uh, if you get knocked down a million times, get up a million and one, uh, because 
if you just keep on doing that, then you're going to get to wherever you want to be or, or, or close to it. But alongside that, the one thing you've also got to have, and, and for me, it doesn't matter who you are, at what le- level you're competing at, at what discipline you're competing at, is you've got to believe that you can actually do this. Mm. Else there's no point. You've got to believe it. You know, if you train and you're doing all and you don't believe it, why are you doing it? Um, and I think if you do, and you've got to do it from in your, you know, in your heart of hearts, you've got to believe that you are capable of achieving, you know, whatever it is. I think that's one of the biggest advantages you have because there's going to be days when you're, you know, not feeling good. There's going to be periods when you're injured, whatever the case may be. And sometimes the only thing you've got to rely on is knowing that if I was healthy, if there wasn't, I would be able to do whatever the situation is. You know, I went for a couple of years of, uh, I call it my dark years when I was injured all the time. And mm. the only thing that kept me going was knowing if I could just damn well stay healthy, I'd be one of the best one to be runners out there. there. Yeah. Yeah. It was simple as that. Mm. And just to call you a sprinter would be completely doing a disservice to your sporting array <laughs> of, uh, of ad- adventures because you, you say about getting knocked down, you're, you're, you're boxing now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I turned semi-pro when I was 53. I'm now 56. Got my next fight on May the 19th in London. Um, I just like the challenges and, yeah. you know, I enjoy it. I love the training. Um, I'm going back home after this and, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be in the gym and doing some, some stuff. I just love it. Um, I, I can't get out of it. And yeah. um, I think part of it is I just don't want to grow up. <laughs> you know, I enjoy the training. I enjoy meeting yeah. competition. I enjoy the, the atmosphere with other people, with trainers, with your training partners. Or, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever get out of that. Oh, that's great to hear. And, and you sprinting, boxing, you basketball, you mentioned yeah. rugby, yeah. you a you bit of golf as well. I'm pretty bad at golf, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I've raced motorcycles as well. Uh, the kickboxing, uh, I play a bit of golf uh, and that'd be the one when everything else fails and I can't, you know, step in a ring or, you know, climb into a ring. I'll, I'll possibly uh, try and take my golf a little bit more serious, but I just love being out. I like being active. Um, I love the, the, the fact that now not being a professional sports person, yeah. but certainly an athlete, I can try any sport I want, yeah. you know, and I can, I can do that. And no why pressure, do you have to, not too much pressure? No pressure. Yeah. And why can't I at the age of 56 try a new sport? You know, who, what, you know, and again, it's something that people always say, Oh, well, you know, they say you shouldn't do that. Well, who are they? And why can't you, why, you know, and it's no different from doing things in the same way that everybody else does it. Why do you have to do that? Try something different. It might work for you. So, you know, that's pretty much the way that I operate. Yeah. And just before I ask your last question, would love to touch on your relationship with your dad because you are so close with him and he's yeah. got an incredible story as well, hasn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, my dad has been there uh, for me from day one. Um, literally from when I started athletics, he took me to Milton Keynes Athletics Club on day one and he, he supported me all the way through. Um, he, um, you know, fortunately for me, um, he, you know, he, he, as I, as I became, um, a more international athlete, he, he, he was running his own business. He was his own boss. So he didn't have to ask anybody. He followed me around the world. He yeah. came to Olympic games. He did everything with me. Um, and he wasn't my coach. People a lot of people thought he was my coach. He wasn't a sports psychologist, nothing like that. My dad was just a very, he's very successful in business and he brought that business like attitude and mindset into my athletics from when I was young, from when I was a teenager. Um, and, you know, I could sit here and quote things that my dad has said to me, tell you stories about it and things that have 
stayed with me all my life and I now pass on to other people with the work that I, you know, that I do. I, I kind of call him my Yoda. The only difference is he's not short, green and hairy. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible inspiration. What a yeah, lucky, yeah, you know, lucky yeah, to yeah. have that in your life. Very, it's amazing. very lucky to have, uh, yeah. have him in my life. And just to wrap it up, and obviously we wish you luck with your, with your boxing endeavour and I'm sure that will go down extremely well, but um, I'm sure that people would love to hear we're outside and active. That w- What's your favourite part about being active? Uh, wow. A uh, couple of things. Uh, it's difficult to put it down to one is obviously it's good for me. Mm. Um, but the part that I, I would say it really gets, uh, you know, is, is, is a big part of being outside and active is meeting people and, 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 uh, you know, communicating with people, mixing with people and you're doing it in a fun way, which is also doing you and other people good. You know, I'm a huge believer that we all inspire people unknowingly. And there could be a, somebody watching this podcast who's 60 years plus, 70 years plus thinking, do you know what? I'm going to go and join the local running club. I know there's, you know, the whatever runners that are mm. down the road and get out there. And someone's going to go, blimey, this, this, you know, this guy, this girl has just got up in there in their six. I'm going to go. And they could just be plodding along, but it's that sort of thing that I think is, 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 um, is really inspiring. So we, you just never know who you're inspiring. And, you know, getting outside and, 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 and being active for me is about inspiring other people, but also being and getting inspired by other people around you. And, and, and that's the beauty of any activity. It doesn't have to be running. It could be walking, mm. you know, it, it could be any sport that you want to, any activity, just getting out there and doing something, you know, not just physically, but mentally it has such huge benefits. So bit long-winded on the answer but uh, i don't think it, you That's know there's perfect. a single thing that yeah. i can uh, just you know pinpoint it down to derek thank you very much for joining best of luck for the future thank you very much thank you so much for listening to the outside and active podcast with our season partners sports tours international and club la santa if you liked what you listened to please don't forget to subscribe either on apple spotify or your favorite podcasting platform if you really like what you heard please do give us a five-star rating thank you and until next time enjoy the outside